0: Katie. and we are by coastal
1: besties bonding over wine and mysteries and this is the wine times mysteries podcast um hello listeners hello
0: listeners Katie before we get started yes. i just want to say you're welcome well, thank you y- yeah exactly that was what i was that was what i was waiting for because i i've listened to The episodes that you've been editing so far and the one thing that has just enormously come across is what an amazingly supportive person i am
1: (laughs) when (laughs) anyone is
0: talking to me all that you can hear on my end is yes Uh uh-huh uh-huh yeah exactly oh my god yes yeah you're right Mm -hmm. mm-hmm mm-hmm yes you're just you're welcome for all the affirmations I apparently
1: give. You are an incredibly thank you, thank supportive you. person and friend.
0: <laughs> thank you. Mm-hmm.
1: Yes, we mm-hmm. are. In fact, my coastal besties. <laughs> it's not just an. I didn't find mm on uh, you know a, a casting sheet. It's it's Ooh. it's just true. Can you imagine? Once we turn off the recording, it's just nothing but okay. Bye. Fuck off. The, well, first there
0: are a lot of fuck-offs and there's i mean lots of fingers being thrown um really rude hand gestures and Mm -hmm. then i close the computer down
1: (laughs) so this episode yes this episode um so uh thank you listeners for coming along with us so far we're now in both uh unsolved mysteries and our episode six (laughs) um so Just the usual call to action, Uh, subscribe, uh, give us a rating on Apple or however you listen to your podcast. It really does help us out and kind of get us out there and kind of break through uh, the noise with, I mean, the the true crime genre is robust, let's say, and uh, we want people to discover us and... That's right. As much as we love my father and your husband, um, do you want to widen the circle of listeners? Hi, Dad. Especially because I think after this episode,
0: my mom's not
1: going to want (laughs) to subscribe. (laughs) um <laughs> uh, also you can reach out to us uh we have uh socials for the show on twitter and instagram at wine pod and you can email us at uh wine times at gmail.com with whatever you want to reach out with but our thought was if we get enough people telling us like funny or cool family mysteries kind of like how i shared uh my family's weird obsession with my dead grandfather's pajamas that have been hidden and perhaps lost through time, um, we might do a, a listener's stories or, you know, reach out to you for, like, more information. So if you have a fun mystery you'd want to share, please do reach out to us, winehivespotit at, at gmail.com. Please do. Um, oh, and
0: Katie, what what article of clothing was that, again, of your grandfather's? The orange pajamas. Oh, I was just wondering, because first you said orange pajamas and now you said oh. orange
1: pajamas <laughs> i don't know sometimes i was like are we drifting into philadelphia again? and i didn't even know listeners i lived in philadelphia for four years sometimes it comes out sometimes i drink water uh and have to go to class you know fly eagles <laughs> fly so sometimes it does come out um
0: i on the other hand have been practicing my non-regional diction for many years Ah, Uh, Uh, yes. Stay classy, San Diego. (laughs) Did you know that there's actually a uh, quiz or survey? I don't know what the right word is for it through the New York Times that you can take. And it asks you how you pronounce certain words and it will show you a map and pinpoint your language origin which i thought was fascinating did you take it you're nodding like you know about this
1: i feel like i've seen the maps and i feel like i took it a long time ago and a lot of the similar areas that i got were the mid-atlantic which makes Mm -hmm. sense because maryland forever yes and then also a lot of uh, west coast
0: how's that maryland tattoo coming by the way
1: uh, I have not gotten Oh, interesting. Interesting. Only because of mm. pandemic times. And I feel like it's a bad time to get stabbed many times with a needle. I think a it's needle. a bad time to get stabbed with a needle by
0: someone who has to spend a lot of time in very close proximity to you to get all those intricate details of the Maryland flag.
1: Maybe. I think it might mm. not be the best choice Ever? for me. I agree. The- <laughs> I agree. <laughs> I don't like that journey for me right Ever. now. <laughs> oh. Ye-
0: oh, yours is temporal. Okay.
1: Yes, yes. Soon, one day, I'll have a full back piece (laughs) of a Maryland flag, like growing from a field of black-eyed Susans, Maryland state flower, uh, with Orioles flying over her head. Gracefully um,
0: flying over. I do love me a black-eyed Susan. Those are gorgeous. Sprinkling
1: Old Bay, like, like, fairy dust as they fly. (laughs) Yeah, little crabs growing from the fairy dust of Old Bay scattered (laughs) in the field. As if if from an angel's tear, the crabs (laughs) sprout (laughs) um, and glisten with Old Bay crystals. Um. You know those candles, uh,
0: the homesick homesick. candles?
1: Mm -hmm. Have
0: you smelled the one from Maryland? I have not smelled Maryland,
1: but I feel like it does say... Old Bay or something on it. I'm just like, I feel like that's not a good candle scent. It's a good put it on all of your food taste. I have no idea what
0: it is, but I know what it should be, which is crab, like steamed (laughs) crab. That's what you want your house to smell. No, it's not what I want my house to smell like. I'm telling you, this is what Maryland smells like. Steamed (laughs) crabs, Old Bay, really stale, cheap beer.
1: (laughs) Shots. Five yards to the Natty bow factory in Baltimore. Shots fired. <laughs> My Maryland culture is under attack.
0: Maryland culture—that's like saying white people culture. That's not a—that's not a thing, Katie. Crab cakes and football. <laughs>
1: I mean, clearly, I, the, my back piece is going to illustrate
0: Maryland culture, hun. Hun. So when I took the, uh, when I took the test, it, the, t- the New York Times was like, why are you from so close to Irving, Texas? Why, why are you?
1: <laughs> I was like, I don't know. I just am. Why, why are you? Why are you? <laughs>
0: <laughs> why is M.M. with another random hotspot in, like, Atlanta? <laughs> I was like, I don't know about that one. I, you know what? But I, I did actually pinpoint that one is because of the whole um, Texas thing, where people from Texas call sodas Coke, like generic sodas are Coke. Oh,
1: like all sodas are Coke. Yes. yes.
0: Okay. And I think that is also <laughs> must be in Atlanta as well.
1: I mean, yeah. I mean, everything is Coke in Atlanta because yes, it's Coke. Yeah, it's
0: Ooh. Coke. Same, same, <laughs> same thing. in apparently, Irving, Texas. Would you like a Coke? Yes. What kind? I'll have a Dr Pepper, please.
1: Honestly, I like that better than pop. Shots fired, Midwest. Same, 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 <laughs> same. Um, so we would like you to send us your your family mysteries, um, and we'll share more of ours. Like, why do you talk on. the way you do? <laughs> like, like <laughs> why are you? <laughs> oh, oh, there's my literally every time I'm unprofessional. Rude, rude. Um, as I check my own volume, rude. <laughs> R- respect
0: the podcast.
1: I oh, um, respect the no listeners. Ever, if you don't respect the
0: podcast. Jeez.
1: You were saying before we started that your family mysteries might not be in the vein of orange pajamas, but might be more along the lines of uh, the family in this episode.
0: Yep. Yep. That's <laughs> true. That's true. I, I, I'll explain more
1: <laughs> as, as we, go. we go.
0: So remember when I had shared the dream I had about the true crime show that Drew Carey was gonna start yes. called Drew
1: Carey True Drew yeah. Which is
0: still available, Drew Carey, if your people would like to reach out to me. It's my million people. dollar
1: idea. It, phew,
0: multi. Multi-million. Um similarly, after I watched this episode, I had another dream. Now, is it foretelling the future? I will leave that up to you and perhaps our listeners. I I think I have yeah it's like I have ESPN or something. I don't know. <laughs> Okay, we've been putting off talking about this episode, I feel like, yes, because it's so yes. heinous and horrible, and I hated it. I mean, I liked it, but I hated the story so much on so many different levels that I feel like I'm just subconsciously trying not to talk about it
1: and just make fun of Baltimore,
0: which I can do for hours, but I don't know if that's what <laughs> the people who are listening to this podcast want to hear.
1: Um, listeners, if you are not from... The D.C., Maryland, Virginia area. You have to understand that Maryland and Virginia hate each other and can go after each other all day.
0: We go after each other in a loving way, much the same way that siblings go after each other uh, all the time. Segue.
1: Uh- oh,
0: good one. Oh, dang. Bringing it back to work. All right.
1: So episode six, Missing Witness. Um, We get our cold open. As as per usual, um, and this is where we meet uh, Brandy, who is Lena, who is the missing witness, her one of her many sisters, and it very quickly establishes that uh, it that establishes that Lena is gone and that her her mother's involved slash killed her. It was flat out. This is what Brandy believes. She knows it to be true, and I was like. Is this really unsolved?
0: And there, well, but she's not the only one who has the initial gut instinct once they realize that Lena is not there, that their mother had something to do with it. And the other important thing to note is that Lena had a son and she is missing. The son is not. The son is with her mother. And everyone who knows her says there's no way that she would have left her son behind where if she did leave
1: um and as we learn very quickly the son being with his grandmother is not a good outcome so uh for the very first time in uh in this season and this is the last episode of the first season of netflix's unsolved mysteries we get a little disclaimer that says this is based off of court records and law enforcement documents i am so glad that you saw that
0: too i was like well this (laughs) is new I guess you can really do that for the UFO episode, I guess. Yeah, true,
1: true. Um, but I think this might just be a little extra CYA. Um mm-hmm. so that Sandy, the mother, and you know, anyone involved, you know, it's just like we're not alleging any like this is the stated things, like what Brandy's saying has been stated in court documents. So that it's not, you know, slander, et cetera. Like it's the everyone is reporting what they have put into court documents. So I think it's just this extra level. So we we have the backstory
0: of this family uh, we're presented with from Brandy's point of view as she's telling the story. And I felt so sorry for these kids. So it's a family of six children and then Sandy, who is a single mom to the six children. And Brandy, now an adult, is telling us about being raised in this family and she was saying they were very poor, but they always had food. Their mother worked really, really hard to provide for them. And she worked multiple jobs and she struggled. And that while she was growing up, her mom, she felt was great. There were no drugs, no drinking. She was just very focused on her children. And every night she would say, God bless you and love you. And Brandy said, that's the mom that I miss and I love, which obviously something happens to sort of switch that dynamic. And I know from personal experience, this is my bonding moment with Brandy, when it's it's very hard if you have a complicated relationship with a parent and you remember back to the times that you were growing up that were good times, um, that you felt safe and provided for and relatively normal, to look back on those times and now you kind of have this filter of that's the person that I miss and I miss that relationship but it's, you're seeing it through a filter now because as an adult, you know, things that you didn't know at the time. And so I I connected with that. So Lena, the sister that we find out at the beginning of the show is missing. She is the second oldest. Brandy's the oldest. Lena is the second oldest, but always the bossy one. And this little tidbit that they threw in that I absolutely love. So Lena was the quote unquote, ornery, bossy, take charge sister. And that she's a one who always got into trouble supposedly and that whenever brandy and lena would fight and their mother would tell them to take it outside this is the most sister thing in the entire world not that i have a sister but i have many sisters in law and then i have my girls is that they had a rule between them that no matter
1: how hard they fought, they would never hit each other in the face. <laughs> I love that. I love that little detail. It's like, come on now, there's gotta be a line. Not my beautiful face. <laughs> so I really, so the way that Brandy phrased it is, she was a good mom growing up. Growing and like, up, there's that's like the this, important part. You know, there's this pause and you're just like, what is what is the shift? But at the um, same time,
0: she says, she was a good mom growing up, but then it sounds like there, was, there were a lot of hard times where they didn't know necessarily where they were going to live or who they were going to be living with, and that their mother had this pattern of being very deeply involved with a man for a year, not longer than two years, and they would be living with this person. And then when that relationship was over and she was always immediately moving on to the next relationship, then they're moving to a new house, a new town, a new school,
1: Right, so it's so the pattern is that she would date around, um, start dating someone, and not just leave him, cheat on him, um, and would always go after the married ones. That was it. Ugh, and um, ones with brothers. Oh, no. was I was I was
0: drinking a lot of wine <laughs> for this episode. I think that was where I poured my second glass of wine. And, Hashtag wink, hashtag not a sponsor, hashtag. (laughs) This was the Outer Banks Sauvignon Blanc, and it was really what carried me through this episode.
1: (laughs) So our narrators, just by the way, so we have Brandy, who's the oldest, and I want to say one of the middle girls is Robin. And so we have both of them are kind of the ones giving us most of the details.
0: Right. The other sisters we don't talk to, there are a few of, of Lena's friends that pop in every now and then to give details, but it's mostly told through the lens of her two sisters.
1: Yep. And so after Brandy makes this this statement about once married ones are ones with brothers, we meet Albert McCullough, who is uh, Sandy's second husband, who was their stepdad for a while. Um, he's described as a good dude. He raised them while Sandy was in school to become a nurse. Um, and they lived with him for quite some time and they like they like him. They yes. you know have no like there's like we had a he was a great stepped up.
0: And it broke my heart a little bit because they talked about one of the reasons they enjoyed living with him so much was because he put them in all these activities that they weren't able to do before. So they did gymnastics and uh played sports and they were said we never had that before. And so it was just so nice to be able to do these things and just the look in Brandy's eyes when she was
1: talking about it, it was like, oh, these poor kids. Yeah. So Sandy and Albert are married in November of 94. And then in May of 96, Sandy leaves Albert for his brother, Gary. And, Deep the, fa- and the family moves out of Albert's place. In to, Arkansas. In Arkansas, in northern Arkansas, to, right over the border to Cassville, Missouri, with Gary, basically onto a farm. And they say that they had to work their asses off there. And I, at first I was like, oh, no. But they were saying... Gary taught them a lot. They learned how to basically run a farm. They learned how to take care of chickens, milk cows, and kind of had this work ethic. And also, he's they also describe him as a good guy, even though he helped their mom cheat on their old stepdad. And I was like, is he a good guy? Um, yeah, right. But we're finding that Sandy is quite manipulative. So I tend to, you know, if they liked him, he was good to them. He. That They would all do their chores and he would take them for ice cream and, you know, not yes. not a nefarious dude, just right. a dude who they describe him as just he got mixed up with the wrong person,
0: meaning their mother. Right. And, and to his credit, Brandy did say that another positive of their time with Gary was that now she doesn't depend on any man to do anything for her. And working at this farm as a young girl, she learned to do all these things for herself, which is great. I do want to backtrack just a minute to talk about the fight between Albert and Gary over (laughs) Sandy, (laughs) which sounded like it did not last very long, but it was so funny. So speaking of the manipulation, Albert described Sandy as she just had that way of talking to people and really being able to, to work situations to her advantage. And when Sandy got to quote unquote fooling around with Gary, that Gary and Albert had a fight and um he beat the tar out of me i beat the tar out of him and then he had he had gary down on the ground and that was when sandy came up behind albert and quote unquote hit me in the back with a damn stick not the breath out of me and then he told gary look man that girl ain't nothing but troll and then and then <laughs> wiped his hands at the whole situation
1: um Yes, so... This is uh, the kind of
0: chaos that follows Sandy around, just saying.
1: Right? Just in her wake, just destruction and as mm-hmm. we find out death. So uh, so Sandy leaves Albert for Gary in May of 96 and then marries Gary in December of 96. And then we start to hear from another one of our kind of gives us a lot of input type of people, uh, Andrew Sheely, who's a reporter for the Salem News. So Andrew lets us know that... You know, Sandy marries Gary in uh, December of 96. So by But by March 99, she has started an affair with a man named Chris Klemp, who's described as quite a bit younger, um, arguably more handsome. Um, came from a lot of money. And came from a lot of money. I have dollar signs all up in my notes. <laughs> um, and, you know, apparently Gary was more like disappointed and upset rather than angry. Like he was just... Yeah. You know, right. Like, I she, did she, like
0: one of the sisters um interpretation of events when she found <laughs> out about this where she said, My first thought was that Gary's gonna whip his butt
1: because Chris was a twig and Gary was the whole damn tree. And then we also meet at that point uh, Richard Anderson, who is Gary's friend and attorney who has a magnificent Santa beard. I was gonna say don't confuse him for a
0: coal miner that or a gold miner that has somehow teleported from the 1800s. Don't do it. He's an attorney.
1: <laughs> He's not an oldie-timey prospector. He is not. The color of his mustache right near his mouth is a little discolored, possibly from dip. Who knows? Like, Who knows? Just,
0: I love him, though.
1: I, mean, I love just him. perfect. He's a character
0: I want in my life. You Can know? you imagine?
1: <sighs> just, like, putting up his shingle for his law firm in town. <laughs> love it. That's right. Um, he mentions that at one point, Gary gets arrested for passing bad checks. And Gary's like, "The fuck? And what happened was Sandy had access to that checking account and was passing all sorts of bad checks everywhere. And Gary gets arrested and was like, Gary out. Uh, I'm going to file for divorce. Back to our timeline. Uh, she starts the affair with Chris Clemp. Chris Clemp? Clemp? Clemp. Um March ninety nine. By May 11th, 99, Gary disappears. And his friends are immediately like, we're not looking for Gary gone off somewhere. We're looking for a body. Because well. he was like, he did not show up. To, he was not the type of person that like would just run off, wouldn't show up to work. He would, Like he had to work. Um, and he was the type of person who would always show up. So they're like, he did. Was that a direct quote? He did. That was, that was that was my interpretation, oh, he did, oh, he did so okay.
0: that there is another friend they talked to who said, Gary brought this gun over one day. That's right, Katie's making some what you, would you like to jump in? would you like to, you have so no, it's much to just say
1: so uncomfortable this like I'm just like, saying scene,
0: this scene i I didn't like it when I first saw it, but I definitely rewound it and watched it again. so. He took a gun over to his friend's house one day and he said... Like I want shotgun. you to, Right. I want you to keep this here for a while. Um, he said, Sandy got really mad at me the other day. She put this right next to my belly button and she pulled the trigger. I always keep my guns unloaded, so like, no big deal. It didn't go off, but I'm afraid she's gonna try to kill me. So please, keep this gun over here for me. And so the friend, being a good friend, is like, sure, dude. Not like do you need a safe place to stay?
1: <laughs> he's just like, I'll hold, sure. I'll hold on to your gun so your, wife your gun doesn't kill you. It's fine. Um,
0: <laughs> then he opens it up, and he's like, "There's a live round in here, sir."
1: Like, if it hadn't been a bad round, she would have killed him. Like, one, yeah. who in a fight is like, "I'm gonna fire this gun into <laughs> <choose> someone's belly," <laughs> like that's my move. So, like, the fact that he was just like, eh, "It was unloaded," doesn't matter. I'm like, no, 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 steal <laughs> the. He wasn't nearly... It did not sound
0: like he was nearly as upset about this... uh, th- These events that transpired between him and his wife as he should have been. In, right? As I would be if anyone, especially someone I was married to, uh, took out a gun.
1: Rude. Oh my god. How rude. First of all, you hold this up to my belly button? And also, like... something <laughs> to keep... And also something to keep in mind that I had to keep reminding myself of, like, while all this was going on, there are six children in the house. So Gary disappears on the 11th. The police are notified on the 13th. And we meet some of the investigators. He meets someone named Brian Martin, who's one of the investigators. Um, they go to the house. And I, again, nothing about this, whole, all this happenstance is awesome. But it was sort of funny that they go to the house, but one of the cows had gotten out. So he was putting the cow back when, Look, Kate, <laughs> as someone who has lived in the country before, when your See animals a cow. when
0: your animals get out and you don't always know about it. Let me tell you, you sometimes you may have to call the sheriff if someone's uh, horses are just chilling outside somewhere they're not supposed to be. Well, I just that a, like they will we'll go go, I saw for... a cow,
1: and so we were putting the cow back. I'm just like how it's like it's, it's such, such a good Samaritan thing. It's like, what well, you here's do. A cow. It's what you do. Well, I also
0: liked it for the reenactment. They had, like, a baby cow. It wasn't even a full-grown cow. It was a baby cow. It's
1: like, get that cow back to his mama? So he said that, he, that he's putting the cow b- away when, um, when Sandy and You're Lena drive You're such a postal elite. God. <laughs> putting the cow away. <laughs> Leading the cow back to its home. Um, <laughs> what, whatever one
0: does with,
1: with the a cow. cow. Um, and then Sandy and Lena drive up, like, the fuck you doing here um, and the investigator's like you have anything you want to tell Any? me and, and she's, she's like uh, I don't pardon me sir and, and and eventually she's like oh yeah I was gonna call you um, Gary went to buy a fighting rooster um, and hasn't come back in a couple days
0: let me tell um, you <laughs> number one because of super husband Anyways, we had on the subtitles, um, as he makes us do for anything any British drama as well as anything involving anyone with a southern accent. I thought that was what I heard, but I was also taking notes. So I said, Super husband, did they just say a fighting rooster? And he said, I think so. And I said, Let's go back and watch that again. So I did it, and then with my eyes closed, fighting rooster. And then Thrice, because I wanted to see it in the close captioning that is your alibi is that he went to go buy a fighting rooster That's the most natural thing that came to you. Not he went to go pack up cigarettes, not he-he had to go pick up some beer in the next county over he went to go
1: buy a fighting rooster. Maybe the thought is. It's a little unsavory because you're going to pick up a fighting rooster. So maybe he got, you know, waylaid by some mm, nefarious unsavory people. Unsavory types. Yes, you know? waylaid. Um, on my trek but, to go buy a fighting rooster. So the investigator's like, so he hasn't been here. Do you want to file a miss- missing persons report? And she's like, I guess so. Probably. So they have now filed a missing persons report. And then a few days later... Um, he gets a warrant and he comes back and apparently Sandy is abused that he got a warrant, <laughs> which as you would be if you were still living in the home of the person that you had murdered with your six children. Um, And apparently when they go and search the house, they find no evidence that Gary ever even lived there. There were no clothes. There were no things. Um, they But there was a checkbook of the boyfriend, Chris, And then in a few days later, Chris moves in. Chris moves in. Two
0: points here. Number one, I thought he came from money. Did he not have his own place for Sandy to go move into? Number two, I guess who would take care of the animals? I don't know. The cows were already getting out. It sounds like chaos. Number three, I had a note in here for an excellent tattoo idea from a (laughs) quote from Sandy. Would you like to hear it? I would love to hear it. Um... So, right after Chris moves in with Sandy, the detective notes, That was strange. We're all saying, (laughs) Yes, that was strange. And then he says, I asked Sandy to take a polygraph. And she says, You find a body, I'll take a poly. And so that is what I'm going to get on my back tattoo instead of your Maryland hellscape.
1: (laughs) I'm going to get,
0: You find a body, I'll take a poly.
1: In old English calligraphy, please. Obviously. I have that in my notes as well, like in all caps. Um, So the investigator also wants to question the children. And apparently Lena, who's 13 or 14 at this point, um, was apparently super hostile and defensive and antagonistic and told all the sisters to not say anything. So at this point, it's very clear that the narrative that Netflix is setting up for us is Sandy and Chris possibly just sandy but we find out chris is there too um kill gary lena's in on it to help corral the children
0: supposedly
1: supposedly allegedly allegedly Uh, then we get brandy's story from the time that gary just like the day he disappeared um that they're all coming home i guess from school um what what is that what is that place that children go during the day is it (laughs) I, I don't have in my notes skew. where they were coming from. Skew. So I was a shul. Sh- 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 <laughs> <laughs> They're all coming home from school. Uh, the mom greets them at the door and goes, A cat had kittens out in the field. Go find them. And all the kids are like, Kittens! Yay! Which I totally get. And oh, that I, I would have fallen for that too. I wouldn't. On
0: me. Yeah, Um, I would have run my ass out in that field to go find those
1: kittens so fast. So then, but Brandy's like, I gotta milk cows. Like, I gotta get my shit done. I appreciate Brandy. Brandy's like, Mom, I have stuff to do. Those cows gotta be milked. They're not milking themselves. So apparently she like waited outside for a while and then was all like, fuck it. I gotta go milk them cows. I gotta go in and get my cow milk and gear and get going and she goes in and she sees sandy scrubbing the floor with bleach water she had her hair back in a ponytail which apparently she
0: never did and i'm thinking this is a hard-working mother of six and she never pulls her hair back in a ponytail
1: maybe it's part of the allure um why she perhaps. can like manipulate perhaps. all these people she just has
0: this like flowing mane. perhaps that's the source of all her powers like samson
1: As is her tattooed eyeliner, which we did talk about a little bit before we started recording. It looks like everyone in this family had the tattooed on black eyeliner, which I won't lie to you, given my penchant for black eyeliner, I have considered it, but I'm not ever going to do it because I can't ever imagine having a needle that close to my eye.
0: Cannot handle, I've lost all words for a minute. (laughs) I can't
1: handle contacts. (laughs) Okay. How could I have a needle
0: in my eye? Also, do you notice anything about me? Do you notice anything about me today? That there's eyeshadow? Eyeliner. Ooh.
1: I never wear eyeliner. Very special. It's very light.
0: It's very light. But very subtle. I, did make, I did make a very excellent discovery. I finally bit the bullet and got some Glossier. Um, their liquid eyeliner and the mascara. And let me tell you, this is very this is very important for our listeners, okay, during these COVID times. Hashtag Glossier, hashtag not sponsor yet. Number one, you can take a nap in this business and it will not transfer onto your pillowcase. Number two, you can have a good cry in this business and it will not run down your face. Number three, if you're allergic to ragweed and you go on a sneezing fit and then your eyes get all red and you're rubbing them, Guess what doesn't rub all over your face? Glossy. A. Done.
1: I will follow that up with uh, my... I typically use Stila Stay All Day black eyeliner for these wings that I attach onto my face every day. Beautiful. Um, That also survives. a good cry. Oh,
0: good to know. And this family is also obsessed with eyeliner. Every single one of them.
1: Oh, yeah. Just... It was just something that I noticed of just like they all had this. And I was like, did they get a group discount? Anyway, uh, so Sandy's scrubbing the floor and also she gives them all a story to tell of the fight in rooster and you haven't seen him. And we had spaghetti that night. Sandy also that night tells Lena to not let any of the girls out of the room. So Lena falls asleep at the door to apparently the room that all six of them share and doesn't let them out. And then Robin says she goes to the window, which seems like an oversight if you're going to trap people in a room, and (laughs) sees Sandy and Chris carrying a body-shaped object with Gary's boots poking out.
0: My favorite was that Robin was trying to be very cautious and diplomatic at first. She was saying it was shaped like a body. It was all rolled up. Okay, fine. It was just it was it was Gary's, butt. it was
1: it was Gary. You, you <laughs> she gives it up halfway
0: through. She's like, "No, it was Gary. <laughs> it wasn't a Gary shaped bag. It was Gary."
1: It's how manipulative this woman must be, and like how you know how the the power of a parent. Well, that's it. It's the power of a parent, and
0: you as a child wanting and needing their love and their acceptance. And obviously, there's. Interesting dynamics there anyways, because Lena was clearly her favorite, although not the oldest, was clearly the favorite, as we will come to see. And she's asking her to do these special things like sleep in front of the door and don't let any of your sisters out. And then followed up by other things that she asked Lena to do.
1: Right. And it's just, it's um, because it's so very easy for me watching this to be like, you saw your your mother and her boyfriend carrying your stepdad's body. Like, why didn't you do anything? It's very easy to come down on that, but it's just like the power of a parent. like you don't want to believe mm-hmm. that your parent, who you who you love and trust, would do anything like that. And so either you or you're afraid because like if she's killed your stepdad, like what is she going to do to you if you tell? So mm-hmm. it, and it must be so hard to be to love your mother but also be afraid of her. So. I found myself going like, "At what point do you run and tell the police?" But then I, I was also very like, "It would be so hard for me to like. It's so easy to judge how no one did things at some right. at some points where you were like, "Oh, I would have done this." But it's like thinking about their ages, and then they had such
0: a turbulent childhood in terms of moving around and living situations. And there's six of them, so if they did go and tell the police, there's there's two outcomes, right? The first one is the kids are taken away from her while they're doing an investigation or she goes to court or whatever um there's no place where they're going to be able to keep six kids together so they're all going to be split up or nothing happens and then the mother that you're afraid of knows that you went and did that i mean there's no good out there's no good outcome for them and at that point like you said it's so hard as a child for you think about this it was there's a turning point in everyone's life when you go from realizing that your parent is like this supernatural godlike figure to oh wait they're just a human being and they're fallible just like me and everyone else right when you become a teenager or an adult or whenever that happens um and so adding on top of that this idea that your your parent could be involved with something like it's it's at that age it's just unimaginable so i can even imagine robin probably told herself some version of that must have not really happened. Maybe it was a bad dream. You know, trying to rationalize all this in your mind is, is an easier thing to do than to be like, yeah, my, maybe, maybe my mom had something to do with uh, the fact that, <laughs> that she's carrying out a Gary shaped bag into with the back of pickup right now. With right. Gary's boots on it.
1: Yeah. Those must have been um, some
0: distinctive boots,
1: man. So after this night of, of Gary shaped body, shape thing. Um, The family then moves to St. Louis Uh, in St. Louis. um, Sandy marries Chris. And then they eventually move to Sligo. And during this time, Lena becomes distant on edge. She had never been into drugs before. She gets into drugs. I think Brandy says she loses herself for a while. And yeah, if I was a teenager dealing with covering up a murder and being the one that my mom trusted, um, I can see that happening. I can see you just struggling with the guilt. And as you, you know, you can't tell anybody, that you, right. Not having anyone to talk to, but apparently she confides in a boyfriend and the boyfriend's like, you need to tell someone who's not me. Uh, <laughs> Which kudos, kudos to that
0: individual. That was a very mature decision on his part.
1: So she decides that she's going to tell Albert, um, her former stepdad, Gary's
0: brother, very mature decision on her part. This was someone that she had lived with as a child. She trusted him, had nothing but good things to say about the guy. So that I was also like, wow, Lena, mature decision for her at this point. What? She was 17,
1: 16, 17. As a, just checking in on our timeline, Gary disappeared in 99. Uh, Lena tells Albert and Albert very presently records the conversation on like a little talk boy Um, in June 03. So that's how much time has passed. Albert records him going like, well, who killed Gary? And she goes, mom, like, it's just flat out. There's no hemming and hawing. And she explains what happened and how that there is no evidence because Albert's like, if someone wanted to prove this, how would we go and prove it? And she's like, there's no evidence. He's burned up. He's scattered everywhere. You're not going to find anything. And then you're thinking, of like, this poor little girl either knows this or had to help scatter yeah. these ashes and bones, like saw them burning him. However, despite the fact that we have this taped description of what happened, Sandy somehow finds out, possibly by manipulating Lena, possibly, you know, somehow, some way, Sandy finds out that Lena's done this and lawyers them up so that she can't be easily questioned and convinces Lena to walk back and recant that confession. Again, this
0: is the power that a mother or other parental figure has in your life. And when Albert was describing their interaction, he he was saying, I could tell she was telling the truth because of how scared she was. And she was shaking. And also just having known her from when she was a child, I could tell that she was being truthful um and that she also so this is the part that really got me she said that she burned her fingers when she was picking up the ashes and bones to help them go like gather everything and then they driving around and having to scatter them i mean i have a, a cold dead heart anyways but this one if i didn't before this would have done it oh
1: they actually have like the, re- you know, how they showed like the kind of out of focus reenacting. They actually do show like a hand like throwing ashes outside of a truck window. It is horrifying. So Lena opens up to Brandy and tells her all this at some point, you know, because again, she's it's clear that she is fighting with Sandy's manipulation and the guilt that she feels. And, you know, she's scared and recanted the confession, but she needs to talk to someone about this horrible thing. She tells Brandy everything. Of course. Of course. This is the most teenager thing. Uh, Yes, that was my thought, too. That was my thought, too. I was like,
0: well, of course she did. Of
1: course. The next day, she has a fight with her mom. The next day. She gets into a fight with her mother and then goes, I know what you did and I'm going to tell. Like, that's her ammo of Lena fucking told me that you're a murderer and I'm going to go tell. And then naturally, like... She's gonna do something. Like, that's not a good, that's not a good bomb to drop. No. But like, of course, if, we, if you're a teenager and you're, you're ruining my life and all these things, um, of course, that's where Brandy went. And then what follows is another horrifying thing. So apparently Brandy screams, you know, I know you're murderer, et murderer, etc. And then Sandy goes, get in the truck. And so Chris, Sandy, and Brandy Brandy's in the truck bed and the two of the p- adults are in the truck cab and they go out driving to like, nowhere. Bra- Brandy's like, I don't, I didn't know where it was. Chris gets out of the car, has a gun and points it right at Brandy. And she is
0: so scared. And she is standing in the headlights of the car facing her mother. And she said her mother had no emotion on her
1: face what the hell she's like i can't run i can't do anything so she said her instinct was to run and hold her mother because chris couldn't shoot them both like chris couldn't like shoot her if she's like up on her mom and i'm like i mean good instinct very good instinct but also what the fact that she had to have this thought is horrifying and so she's like holding her mom and going like please don't kill me please don't let him kill me and then eventually sandy goes don't kill my baby and then chris is like okay and then they drive back how here's a question too how do
0: these people find each other how how did the sandys of the world find the chris's of the world is it just a numbers game she's had so right? Like,
1: so many boyfriends, at least one of them's got to have these proclivities as as well. I don't... Then the next kind of big event we have is that Lena has Coulter. And, like, her whole outlook changes. And she wants... Coulter is her a, son. Coulter is her son. She wants to become independent from Sandy. She wants to get the hell out. We also find out that Sandy is obsessed with Coulter. Which is gross. So... Lena disappears, Valentine's Day-ish, in 2006. June 2006, they file a civil case because they realize they're never going to get a criminal case for Gary. Clearly, at some point, Sandy is recognizing that Lena's becoming more independent and wants to, like, break free of her control. She has this son that Sandy's obsessed with and wants to take because he's a boy and she always wanted a boy. And uh, also has all of this knowledge. So if if she's breaking free of the control and has and like knows all the secrets. She's very dangerous to Sandy at that point. Right. right? So she disappears in in February and like had been living with a boyfriend, Jason. And apparently what happens is Robin is just like, where's Lena? She wouldn't just fucking leave. And Jason's like, your mother said she ran off to Florida with a, a boyfriend. With some guy. With some guy.
0: Even though she was planning on getting married later that year, she just ran off to Florida with some dude without her son.
1: Without her son or any of her shit. Or any of her stuff. Um, that makes sense. I mean, the, the son is way more important, but like also it's just like took nothing, which is if you're running off, you're at least going to pack your favorite jeans. And your your toothbrush. Your hashtag native deodorant. <laughs> I mean the bare necessities at least (laughs) um albert is just like sandy did something um robin tells the police you know is hanging up posters oh god being like a missing person things all over and sandy is paying her younger sisters like i think it was like five dollars a piece five dollars a poster to go around town and take these things down them down and robin's
0: like why the fuck would any like what is the justification for that? first of all, why would you do this? Second of all, I thought she was kind of struggling for money. Where does she get all this cash? I mean, I don't know how many posters there were, but it seems like that could potentially add up to a lot maybe of this cash. is chris maybe this is Chris money. I mean, maybe it's Chris money you're right. I forgot about the chris cash- uh Chris cash so relating this back to my own personal not great experience, I will say, um listeners. Part of my backstory is I was diagnosed with cancer 12 years ago. Um, Wow, it's been that long. It's been that long. And uh, when people, when when a third party, someone who is not you, is trying to suppress information about you, it is because there is something going on in their own lives that they don't want other people to know about my own personal experience with this was where, uh, my hometown church in their bulletin that like the, the piece of paper they give you when you go into the church service that like has like here's the order of everything we're going to do on it. They also had a page of like prayer concerns, this is what's going on in people's lives. And they had asked me, Was it okay to put something in there so people knew and they could send prayers? And I was like, Yes, that would be wonderful, thank you. Um, My father told them to remove it because that's nobody's business. So let me tell you, the the rationale there was he was doing things he did not want people to know about. And if you start opening like, hey, what's going on over here? If you open one door, you are likely going to be opening several other doors that people may be able to see other things that are going on in your life. I hope that made sense. But that would be the only reason that Sandy would be paying her daughters to take down missing posters. That was the first connection I had in my mind was, well, obviously, because she doesn't want people asking questions about this because they are going to find out more information about her that she does not want them to know.
1: One, I had no idea that he did that. I'm so sorry. And two. That's That's the tip of a really gross iceberg. But, you know. But also, you know, maybe he's right. It wasn't anyone's business, but yours' business. And you were like, yeah, put really my business good. in there. Yeah, so, exactly. The rationale doesn't even make sense. It doesn't. Brandy and Robin are both saying that Sandy is obsessed with and wants Coulter. So, um, and and made Coulter call her mom even oh. before all of this was oh. going down, which is, again, gross. Gross. Um, because Lena is gone and no one knows where she is, she. Files that there's been child abandonment and gets custody of Coulter because she's the grandma. Such bullshit. Hush, bullshit. So the case was filed. The civil suit was filed in uh, June 2006. In July, they have the court case. Brandy is testifying and everything like that. And Albert's like, I saw people have this jury have tears in their eyes, and they're found guilty. Of being responsible for Gary's death. Seven million dollars. <laughs> they haven't seen a uh, penny. Of, <laughs> of course not. <laughs> of course not. Of course not. And this is one of those things where like, I understand how civil suits and criminal suits work. I do. But I'm just like, how can you be found guilty in a civil suit? And then there's, but there's no like, and now you go to jail. 'Cause you're responsible for that person's death. Like I understand. I like cerebrally. I get d different it. burdens of proof. But mentally and morally, I'm like, I know. This.
0: So I know. It's it's an it's awful. It's an awful mind fuck. Is what it is.
1: Uh Chris and Sandy apparently divorced in twenty fourteen. Who could have seen? Um, them coming? I mean, that lasted a lot longer than most of our relationships. I guess murder brings people together. Um and <laughs> Well, I'm kind of surprised Sandy let him go. I mean, honestly, he, he's got he's got damn secrets. So she doesn't seem to like other people having her secrets. Maybe it's mutually assured destruction. Right. And she's Ooh, just like, this is a perhaps. detente. So present day, uh, Robin and, and Brandy are still searching. Um, we do. We see them kind of scanning the ground like they get permission from the people who own who now own Chris's old farms to, you know, kind of scan the ground and look for, you know, where things have been disturbed. And they have, you know, like a ground sonar that is like looking for disturbances and things to find bones, possibly. At this point, I'm just like, I really hope they find something. Clearly, clearly it's unsolved mystery. So they don't. But at this point, I'm just like, if the MO for Gary was burn and disperse, who's to say that's not the MO this time because it was so successful last time. If you find a body, I'll take a poly. Like why would they change the MO and have a body somewhere? So I don't hold out a lot of hope that they would find anything. Same.
0: And I know, I mean, it's obvious how much the sisters miss her and how much they want to find her or her remains. But I think too, there has to be a part of them that is thinking, one-way murder and worked out for you well the first time, why would you Why would you change it? I don't know.
1: You know, if it ain't broke. Allegedly. And, you know, there's no chance of someone discovering that. So if Chris breaks and is like, yeah, he fucking killed her. Um, he can't point them to a body. Just like when Albert is asking Lena, if someone wanted to find Gary, where would we go? And Lena's like, there's nothing. Well, and the other thing to remember is where where they are
0: right they're in the they're in missouri they're in the middle of the ozarks they show a lot of pictures of the landscape and the topography it's gorgeous it's beautiful it's green it's lush if you are trying to find something it is going to be very difficult to do so very rural
1: very rugged I guess' it's, that's a word one of the one of the farms that we go to, so Robin goes to one so there's the ground scan on one, and then the other she's just like there was a well like a a well that's not here anymore oh,
0: right she she's like it, it used to be right here and it's not here anymore
1: and it, and it's not that the other family had it filled in uh she says she so Sandy had it filled in before they moved.
0: I suppose <laughs> one could make an argument if you are in the care of a young child having an open well on your property may not be the safest thing however that's something that you would fill in when you move in
1: in not on your way out no and that's kind of where we are um chris is out there and ha- his, has paid no money to this family even though he was found guilty in the civil suit um sandy's still out there i think they said she's in florida um i think Um, with Coulter. Right. And he is 15 or 16 now.
0: And it's just, it's, it's crazy to think about um, something that I may or may not have said to my girl's grandparents at some point, allegedly, you know, you, you have the opportunity when you're raising your children to mess them up however you want to. But I was like, but you don't get to do that to another generation of kids. And um, that's sad that that's what's happening here. Who kn- and, and who knows what kinds of things she's telling him about his mom. How would you feel if you felt that you had been abandoned by your mom? I did do a little bit of side Google machining just to see if there were any other mm-hmm. updates since it had come out. What was interesting was there was not as much information about this as there has been on some of the other Unsolved Mysteries episodes. However... Um, One of the interesting things I did read from an article in Men's Health was that even though Lena disappeared in 2006, that she wasn't declared a missing person until March of 2012. I know. That's the exact reaction that I had, listeners. Uh Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that, um, I mean, we've already discussed about how Sandy used to tell Coulter that she was his mother and she would tell other people that she was Coulter's mother. And when Lena was still uh, with them, she'd be like, mom, cut it out. Like you can't go around telling people, this is your, your son. Um, and I also read an article from heavy.com um, that said that the sisters said that Chris Clamp, the one of the husbands had always wanted a son and so that was part of what fed into Sandy being very possessive and controlling with Lena's son, Coulter, and that
1: after Lena disappeared, that Chris Klemp adopted him. As an adopted person, I don't like when adoption is used for evil. I would hope I mean,
0: no one yeah. would like it when adoption is used for evil. I, I, take,
1: I take extra offense.
0: The whole I mean, the whole thing made me sad. It made me sad thinking about these poor six children. And then it made me doubly sad thinking about now Coulter going through his own kind of trauma. And he doesn't have the siblings to lean
1: on. Right. And Brandy does say she's like, I'm going to tell him. We're going to find him. And I'm going to tell him. And I mean, maybe we can only hope that her Sandy's control on him is not so complete that maybe someone can show this to him. Um, Brady right? said like when he's older and so my thought is like what when he's 18 so that he can get away i mean i mean like if, if he's if, a teen if, now he's on the interwebs i mean right so right like this is not you know a, a fun heist tv show where someone like it's you know where someone could go and rescue this kid and oh i'm free like the the gut reaction is just like go make it right oh my god it's the fact that she's still out there the fact that she's basically one. You know, she's free. She has the, she has Coulter. She's not getting charged criminally for Gary. Yet. She, yet. She made Lena disappear, allegedly. Um, allegedly. Based off of court documents, etc. In um, police interviews. If you're me and you're like, this isn't fair. Like <laughs> you you want them to do that. But like that's that's not the way things are done, unfortunately.
0: Yeah. Really sad. So then, so I watched this episode with with my hashtag Outer Bank 71 Blanc. Um, so that night, I had a dream that my mom showed up at my house with a couple of buckets of ashes. I know,
1: I know. <laughs> little on the nose, patches! <laughs> little so... on the nose. <laughs> and, I, and I woke up. <laughs> And I
0: told Super Husband about this. And he just started laughing, too. And I was like,
1: I oh, no, no.
0: And his response, his first response was, Thanks, I needed a laugh. His second
1: was, This is why I don't watch scary things. <laughs> oh, my God. Um... Yeah cuz you don't need a uh, dream interpretation journal for that. Nope. No. no. That's that's a little on the nose. <laughs> oh. It's a little what could you possibly be thinking about? I don't know. It's not like I lost my teeth in my dream. What does that mean? You know, so weird, all my hair
0: <laughs> fell out in my dream and then I figured out that I had signed up for a French class that I never went to and I had to go take the final that day and there was an oral exam. None of that. No. Where's my
1: locker? you know what I've had before very weirdly speaking of French class and now there's an exam I've definitely had a dream where I'm like at the Olympics for figure skating and have never figure skated before (laughs) how but like my brain doesn't provide the logic of how I ended up in that position it was just like well I guess I'm gonna go out and wing it well, I give him my best. I, I, never get where... to the, I never get to the performance, so I never find out how I do. Do I have, like, some sort of weird muscle memory and I just have amnesia and I'm actually really good? I don't, Ooh. but thankfully, I also don't get to the point of national humiliation. That would be a good soap opera plot. <laughs> just show up and be like, well, the, how did I get here? <laughs> the amnesia, this is odd. You're our only hope for the gold. I just hope that, uh, you know, this body that is powered currently by Almond Joys uh, can pull off a triple axle. Maybe not. Maybe not.
0: I've also had the dream where I was just like I woke up and it was I was in American Idol and I needed that finale song that I sure sure shit didn't have. So... Yeah, same thing. How did I get here
1: when I cannot sing? But America voted for me, so I guess I got to do what I got to do. <laughs> it's like, and it's like, it's like brain. Give me something. Explain to me how this weird swapping no. happened. No, I've I've got. I don't know if it was American Idol, but it was something like a singing competition. I've had that, and I've been like, and I too cannot carry a tune in a bucket. This is not, and listeners, this is not like when your friends who can sing, uh, go oh, I couldn't possibly. And then they sing like Adele. I can't sing. I have
0: seen you do karaoke at the Susan Coleman three-day walk in front of hundreds of people and it was I,
1: good i blacked the fuck out but like that was also fr- uh listeners friends uh that was uh i sang come together by the beatles that's a lot of talk singing <laughs> because i wanted to do it because probably I from to- sheer exhaustion at that point yes we had walked 40 miles at that point um but <laughs> i don't know like why i got in my head of you're afraid of like public speaking and being on stage. So let's challenge your, like we're we're doing this transformative experience and it's supposed to be like this big kumbaya moment. So I thought, what better time to challenge my stage fright and fear of strangers than to, and I went up and there was no song, like I kept flipping and like couldn't find songs that I wanted. And I was like, oh, I know Come Together. Friends, Come Together has so many instrumental breaks. (laughs) <laughs> that i had to stand up there awkwardly air guitaring for so long you did a little little jig you did that a little I dance. i thought i was You're going grooving? to throw
0: up that was from the walking that was all from the walking <laughs> i still have some of my like super super thick socks mm-hmm, that we got too. for that walk Amazing. I don't know why. Best purchase ever. No,
1: I mean, they've lost it. No holes, no problems. Okay. my No holes, no problems. But mine are permanently stained <sighs> because, <laughs> listeners, if you ever have to walk a lot, they do recommend you put Vaseline mm-hmm. on your feet and then put your mm-hmm. feet in the socks because that way – it's it's lubricating your foot, so you don't, you don't get, get blisters. life-altering
0: blisters. Not like yeah. a little blister, but like the type of blister that will end your life,
1: and and your mean, will to I, live. I generously lubed up my feet, um, and and got no blisters. Um, however, both of them had like colored soles, so my lubed up feet. <laughs> <laughs> We're in the thick walking socks and then just i guess the the moisture from the gel mm, like that basically good, good sweat from the bottom basi- of your feet you know so <laughs> b- the first time i wore these socks i they got immediately fully stained and i could not bleach them so like the stains are still there and yet i still have the socks because they're so good they're just yes. the bottoms of them are disgusting that was a fun memory that was a, f- listeners, this was a long time ago. We did this, 2009? hmm It was back when you and I were not yet besties, let alone by. Bi- That's right. We were That's just right. friends.
0: Friends. We're good friends. Yeah. Yeah, we're good friends. Good enough that we could take that goddamn walk together. 60-mile <laughs> walk. It's not something you do lightly. That's true. That's true. And It's a friendship uh, jump. You know, I've told you that I'm training with older daughter for her girls on the run. No. So she did it last year at school and she really liked it. There's a a virtual option this year which is great Um, but they have to have a running buddy who's an adult because I can't just let my child loose on the city streets and so super husband did it last year. So it's your turn. So it's my turn this year. Guess who's not a runner? There's a reason I've I decided I'd rather walk 60 miles than <laughs> run a 5k.
1: So listeners, oh thank you so Ugh. much. We just uh I mean, thank you. Uh and thank, sorry, I guess. Um, I, I think at this
0: point it's more apologies. I'm sorry I'm thankful you went on this journey with us.
1: So uh and that brings us to the end of season one of the new and <gasps> mysteries. Uh season two what a journey dropped recently. So we'll we'll just keep on going right, right away keep up. on chugging and uh, yeah get in touch with us drop us a five star rating hopefully please um, pop a bottle with us pop a bottle with us next time and uh let's keep chugging along with all these mysteries uh find us on social <laughs> at so winehousepod yeah <laughs> <laughs> Um, Ooh, good one find us find us at wine Times spot on social media email us at winetimespot at gmail.com you can also find us on our personal socials i am at katie haas and uh and then is at, at true, true crime, wine.
0: crime wine 69 thank you Chris Hansen. all right um have a good one listeners